7.7, the rate of inflation in our country. Highest it's been since 1983. Cost of living is something that we've talked about, well, quite a bit on the show recently, right? Talk about cost of food, up about 10%. Um, Gas prices, 50%. Um, Real estate, we've heard, you know, 20, 25%. In some markets, more than that even. So, uh, yeah, it's getting pretty tough to afford just about anything these days. Prices are soaring. When we talk about real estate, though, there's a few different categories. We talk about cost of living. We talk about the high price of housing, housing market that's become unattainable for millions and millions of Canadians. It's been a big deal for the past few years. Realistically, though, if you think about it, this is, in a way, the inevitable result of a system that has worked exactly as we designed it to do. We've talked here about how, you know, the younger people who say they can't get into a house anymore, it's just too expensive and they may end up renting or what are they missing out on? They're always told, well, it's a great investment. It's a fabulous investment. You're just throwing money away if you're renting. You got to get a house, got to get a house. You'll, You'll make money. It's your retirement. Well, if that's what we set it up to be and we're seeing the investment go up now, kind of getting what we built, right? But now we're seeing the downside, and I don't know if we didn't plan for it properly, but um, we're in a situation where we've created this, and, and now we're seeing you know, the downside of it. So to find out what we need to do to reverse this, if it can be reversed, we're going to chat with Mark Morris, who is a principal lawyer at LegalClosing.ca and operates LegalReview.ca. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. You know, real estate and, and what it's become, and, and as you know, it's it's a major talking point right now with the soaring price of housing. Um, it's not crazy. I mean, for a while, we, we've been setting up a system where it's a great investment. You're going to see a huge return. I mean, we've sort of built this to be what it is today, right? Oh, we totally have. I mean, since World War II, Canadian government policy has been to promote a house is the ideal investment for an average Canadian. And so it's really no surprise that Canadians with assets or money, and even those without, flood on into real estate. Our tax system is designed around promoting real estate. Uh, Young Canadians, old Canadians, everyone's invested in real estate. I mean, it's really the only business where you can enter into it and still expect to get government rates. I've, I've run quite a few businesses in my career, um, and employed countless Canadians, uh, mainly GTA Canadians, that's where I'm based. Um, and I can tell you that when I go to the bank and ask them for money that is not secured by real estate, they look at me and laugh, regardless of what my track record is in previous business or what my track record is in my business. And that's a direct uh, reaction to the fact that everything that we have in Canada, whether it be government policy, bank lending, or anything else, is all predicated upon the security of a real estate home. So what have we overlooked? What have we, I guess, neglected or not fostered or not encouraged? What have we missed out on by having such a focus on real estate? Well, I mean, look, real estate is definitely a vibrant aspect of the economy, and, and, and I don't want to knock it too much. There's a whole lot of people who work with their hands in the trades, and uh, there's ancillary industries that are built around real estate, and people can make a very good living on real estate. But real estate is not the only component of our economy, and especially in the neck of the woods where I live in Ontario, it has become really the driving force of everything. The truth is an economy is usually much more than just where people live. In Ontario, we have a thriving tech sector. We had a thriving, we still do have a thriving manufacturing sector. You guys have oil and gas. There are any number of other areas 
that the government and that we should be concerned with. And when you pump dollars into one aspect to and favor one aspect of the economy, you are necessarily removing dollars from those other, perhaps even more innovative areas. Um, and it is a problem that has been built not in the course of just the past couple of years, but rather in the course of the past half century. So, I mean, now we're sitting in a situation where we have record low unemployment. In fact, we have a bit of a labor market crisis, right? Not a lot of jobs, as you say. I mean, when you talk about real estate, yeah, sure, there's some some ancillary jobs around there. But in terms of building business um, and making that sort of a focus of government, um, or at least finding a balance between the two, I mean, we might be in a different situation had we not focused so heavily on real estate. Totally. I mean, look, uh, the example I gave in, in, in an article that I wrote yesterday is this. Um, so there's something called the CCPC, which in English means the Canadian Controlled Private Corporation. So a small corporation that someone sets up in order to establish a business. When someone is successful in and, and has owned shares of a CCPC for two years and sells them, they presently get $850,000 of that. It's a lifetime capital gains exemption that they get on the sale of that those shares. And that's great. That sounds wonderful. But if you are trying to start a business and actually doing out your math, you're going to say, well, I have this one-time capital gains exemption of $850,000, or I, as a Toronto resident, can buy a simple house, employ no one, simply sit on it and make an $850,000 gain, which because I'm living there will be tax-free due to my capital residence exemption. And I could do that over and over and over again. And if that's the case, the real question we should be asking is, okay, housing is important, but it's being done by a whole bunch, a whole bunch of entrepreneurs are now looking at our economy and saying, well, why would I? Why would I do that? Why would I not take the easy way out if the money is the same and if I get the same exemptions and everything else? We are not prioritizing innovative business. We are not prioritizing people who are ready to establish business and work with people and employ Canadians. And that is really, to my mind at least, um, maybe, maybe an economist will tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think they will. That is the measure of a vibrant economy uh, and a diverse economy that relies on more than just real estate to foster its bottom line. So what do we need to do? I mean, how do we break this, you know, uh, this pattern? Because like you say, we, we've built it this way for a very, very long time. How do we sort of change the course? Well, you have to do it slowly and gradually. Firstly, uh, the right way to do it is not to impose massive amounts of new taxation on people and change the game and pull the rug. You can't do that. People have relied on this. People have built, you know, their careers and their, their investment strategies on this and everything else. It starts with the realization that our economy can be better than it is if we perhaps start um, promoting other areas of our economy. And with that realization, uh, government policy starts to shift. Mm -hmm. So as an example, instead of worrying um, perhaps as much about uh, our, whether or not the principal residence exemption needs to be extended or the NRST tax here in Ontario or anything else, we can start concentrating on, say, lowering corporate tax or lowering uh, the cost of new businesses that are starting and creating new jobs and taking those risks. And it is only through a decade-long effort or decades-long effort to shift slowly away from the dependency on real estate that we can actually 
grind ourselves off? Because the right answer surely is not to cut everyone cold turkey right. who has been promised this by governments years over and are relying on this for their retirement. You can't do that. It has to rather be that instead of the preponderance of policy that comes out that always uh, ameliorates and, and, and accedes to um, real estate demand, we start paying attention to other businesses that are employing Canadians and concentrating our dollars there. With time, if we do that in a sustained way, we will find that we are gradually shifting our attention and our, and our dollar focus uh, to those more productive industries. I mean, it's an interesting premise. It's an interesting idea. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people who say that uh, it's a great idea and we should be more focused on business. There's going to be other people that say, you know, business should make it on their own. Like you say, it's going to have to be incremental because you're not talking just about a change in government policy, but also perception among the public in reevaluating what we need to be focused on as a society. It's going to be a big change. Totally. And, and, and to be clear, like, you know, to answer your question directly and without perhaps just delving into these huge, like, hey, we have to all work together. Yeah, let's let's yeah. talk about something specific for a minute. Right now, our government policies don't differentiate between you and your family who are going ahead and purchasing their first home or their family home. And for the main, there's some exceptions, and for the main, someone who's buying an income property. Meaning that there is a clear distinction between someone who is hoarding properties I wouldn't say hoarding. They may be investors or whatever it is. Maybe that was the wrong word. But there is a clear distinction between someone who is living in a house for their family where their kids are going to school and everything else and someone who is engaged in the business of real estate and owning property. Why do I? Maybe the right way to begin our transit change is not to affect people's homes at all, but rather to say, hey, what part of our policies designed for individual homeowners are actively being used by those people in the renting space? And as you say, it's a business. Let them fly. Yeah. No problem. This is not this is not where you know we're raising our kids. And perhaps we should be looking at those areas where CMHC is massively supporting apartment buildings at the present time, right? The CMHC insurance exists, believe it or not, for these units that have, you know, three hundred people living inside. You can get CMHC insurance for that. Really? That's the point. You're right. It's a business. Why is the government involved in that? Why not use those dollars instead for more productive ends within other cycles of the economy? These are the que- I'm not saying to you that this should be done. I'm saying yeah. these are the questions that need to be addressed that are never addressed because housing is the third rail of our economy. I'm going to be honest, I had no, I thought CMHC was primarily for people who couldn't qualify for big down payments, and I didn't think it applied to like apartment buildings and commercial real estate at all. I'm surprised by that. Well, surprise. Surprise, surprise. I didn't say commercial real estate. Well, yeah, I mean, rental right, units and that sort of thing. But, it, but, it, but for all intents and purposes, a Canadian that looked at it would say, well, a multi-unit apartment building is, is commercial by my eyes, even though the tax code kind of sees it as something a bit different because it's still a exempt surplus. And that's a very boring subject that we can leave for another day, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's an interesting conversation. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Mark. We'll chat again. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate being on. Thank you very much. Mark Morris, principal lawyer at LegalClosing.ca and runs and operates LegalReview.ca and saying, you know what, we've built this addiction to real estate and we've sort of built it up into what it is and um, now we're paying the price for it.